0: Good morning. So, we are talking about listening to our heart this month. And we started the month off with, and the beat goes on. See what I did there? Isn't that clever? Yeah, heartbeat. Okay, and last week we talked about listen to your mom uh, because it was Mother's Day and we talked about the Divine Mother. And so today I'd like to talk about what's on your mind because you know it's all connected, right? And so when we say what's on your mind, it can mean sort of, it can mean several things really. What's on your mind, like right now in the moment, what are you thinking about, right? But it can also mean what's on your mind, like what's weighing on you, right? What are your concerns? And I think lately, I think we have a lot on our mind, don't we? I mean, with everything that's going on in the world, in the country, you know, with the, with the our health and the virus, I think we have a lot on our minds, Lately, A lot that's weighing on us, you know, from social distancing to uh, mask, right, mask wearing, to sheltering at home, to the, the loss of income from, you know, from missing people that we usually see on a regular basis to trying to stay healthy. We have a lot on our minds right now. And, and don't forget the murder hornets. Oh my God, they're coming, right? That's like something else they had to just let us know was going to be happening soon. And oh yeah, don't forget it's an election year, so we have something else that's on our minds. And 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 I don't know what about the algae bloom that's stinking up the coast right now in San Diego, you know? But we can't. We're not allowed to go to the beach anyway, so does it really matter, you know? We have all this kind of stuff that's that's uh, weighing on us, right? The layoffs and the of health insurance and the protests about wearing the masks or about staying home Wow Wow there is a lot going on there is a lot on our minds having trouble sleeping yeah no wonder right it's no wonder there are things on our minds but but what can we expect, right? What can we expect? We think about these things. And, and, the, and the reason why we think about them, I think, even more is because we're always asked, what's on your mind? <laughs> Just like I did, right? Hey, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? What's on your mind? Very rarely are we asked, how's your heart feeling about this, right? Very rarely. We don't have those conversations with people. What is your heart doing right now? You know, because we are creatures of both. Ernest Holmes, in words that heal today, said this, the intellect and the heart must go hand in hand. And it is the truth. You know, the law, as Ernest Holmes described it, the, the universal subjective mind, that aspect of, of, of spirit that he called the law, is the doingness. It is subjective. It, all, all it does is make a way possible all it does. And that's everything, right? It takes direction from love. And it makes a form. It makes a mold of that, uh, that idea. And then it outpictures it in form. The law, as Ernest Holmes referred to it, is a doer. It is a bloodless thing. It has no feeling. It has no judgment. It has no thought. It is purely mechanical. It's, all, it, it's like if you have a brilliant idea, right? Something uh, for people. And your idea you, you, you create in your mind first and then you then you make a model of it, right? And then you work out the bugs. And then you build a machine to mass manufacture your little widget. Well, and then the machine cranks out the widgets, right? without thinking what it's creating. The machine doesn't ask, the machine doesn't judge, the machine doesn't evaluate, it just produces. And that's very similar to the aspect of the law. It is the love that is a thing of feeling. It is the drive, it is the desire, it is the, it is the feeling thing in our hearts, in our guts, that, that want to express life. And express it more abundantly and express it more lively and express it happily. The, the love is the warmth and the color, but it is the law that makes it possible. And, and Ernest Holmes, in a, uh, a practitioner training class, he addressed the class in uh, 1958. He said this, we are not here to get saved. We are not lost. We are not here to glorify God. God hasn't much run out of material. We are here to express that which is. And that is what accounts for all of our inward feelings, the ones everyone has, nebulous, incoherent at times, sometimes way near the surface than at other times. But that steady, persistence. Back of all things, that urge to live, to sing, to dance, to express life, to create. That's why we're here. That's a thing of warmth and of color and imagination. We are here to feel. We are attracted to some things. We resonate with some things. We resonate with some things and not with other things. That comes from within us. Uniquely individualized expressions of spirit. So we move toward some things we're attracted to and we move away from other things that we're not attracted to. Some of us are attracted to science, some to music, others to art or to building or creating sculpture. Think of all the things that you are, created, that you are attracted to create. Each of us is attracted to different things, you know, and we gravitate toward those things that excite us, what we love. Then we make it manifest in some form or another. But it all starts with feeling. We are drawn to some things and not others. Then the intellect begins to figure out a creative outlet for that thing that we're attracted to and what is that creative outlet god knows god knows and when we stay out of the how which is what we're supposed to do in affirmative prayer we stay out of the how we just affirm the feeling and the desire for the outlet and then spirit takes over we stay out of the how we are given away We are given away. You know, I loved dressing up when I was little. I mean, not like, you know, Um, big lady clothes, but I mean dressing up. I'm talking costumes. I loved making costumes. And as a young woman, I, I just continued to love it. You know, I wanted to be Edith Head when I grew up, really, honestly. I would watch the Oscars just to see if she won the Oscar for best costuming. And she did. She won many, many years. I think eight Oscars for costuming. I loved it. I loved the design. I loved the drama. I loved the big the big. Elaborate costuming the you know, I love devi- designing stuff not everyday clothes to wear not that kind of stuff But this kind of stuff, you know big, you know feathers and stuff Costumes period pieces stuff like that now. I never went into the business I was never attracted to it in that way, right? It never became a profession, but that creative outlet would not be denied Just would not be denied and you know and as a mother Man, could I make Halloween costumes. (laughs) Oh, big and dramatic things every year I made for the kids. One year I remember one of my sons was a train. You Remember Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah, I made an entire train. It was amazing. Anyway, it was the creative outlet. It was the thing that I just loved doing. And you see, we do it in different ways. When they got to high school and they got roles in the high school plays, yep, I was the one dressing the actors <laughs> because love points the way. Love points the way. It was a creative urge within me, and it, and it had to be let out, right? The intellect organizes, rationalizes, and figures things out, but it doesn't get us there. Ernest Holmes said this, he said, In the subjective world, there must be a correspondent of everything in the objective world. And since the subjective is a receptive or plastic substance, this correspondence can find its initial starting point only in real intelligence. Therefore, intelligence is the ultimate creative energy creative agency of the universe. So our mind is a point, right, in universal intelligence. Our use, it is our use of divine mind. But universal intelligence is much greater than our use of it. This is why we are encouraged to declare our truth but leave out the detail, right? Ernest Holmes said, don't be detailing. We pray, we affirm, we visualize the fulfillment of our desires, our love, our bliss, but we're told not to limit spirit. The idea of truth is a small part of the universal expanse of divine mind. And the infinite possibilities available to us through the divine creative process. This is why we don't want to limit our affirmative prayers. This or greater, right? Haven't you heard practitioners, when they've prayed for you on your behalf, would say something like this or better? You know... I might think the be-all and end-all of my desire to create costumes must be fulfilled only through going to work at a movie studio or, you know, something like that. However, there was another outlet for my creative costume juices that was way more fulfilling to me, and that was through my children, right? so the feelings provide color and context. The intellect provides thoughts, words, and ideas. And the law, the subjective aspect of the universal intelligence, goes to work creating that correspondence, a manifestation in the physical world. And they must work together. We must align ourselves. We must create that balance and integrate the head and the heart, the idea, the cold facts, and the, and the intuitive desires and emotions. They have to work together. Ernest Holmes said, all is love, yet all is law. And he said this in the Science of Mind textbook. He said, we live in a universe of love as well as a universe of law. One is the complement of the other. The universe of love is pulsating with feeling, with emotion. And the universe of law is the executor of that feeling and all of that emotion. To the extent that we can embody, believe, and demonstrate is how much we get to experience. That is why it is so important in our spiritual practice to spend time in meditation, to spend time in contemplation, to spend time in the quiet to expand our consciousness, to expand our our, our idea, our feeling of what is possible for us in the world, right? Right? We spend time in that, in that consciousness of contemplation and meditation and we can think about what are we worth? What is our worth? What is our worth? And, and we know that as an out-picturing of spirit, we are priceless, right? We are an out-picturing of the divine life of God, which means we are heir to all the good in the universe, that it is, it is ours to accept But we must grow our consciousness to the point where we can say yes. Yes to the gift, right? What do we deserve? Well, we deserve all the good there is. That's what Ernest Holmes said. We deserve all the good that life has to offer. But it is up to us to grow our consciousness to the point where we can accept the gift. Where we can say yes with no doubt, with no fear. And just know that it is ours that the divine gift has been given all along, that spirit is forever giving to its uh, creations, and we are that. What are we capable of having? As much as we can believe, embody, demonstrate. That's what we can have. Our heart awakens us to our desires. Is that true? Yes. Our heart awakens us to our desires the things we're attracted to, our loves, the things that resonate with us. Our intellect brings understanding to those attractions, ways to achieve, directions to look towards, steps to take, positive, positive <laughs> possibilities to explore. And when we have clarity, our prayers provide the point of manifestation for the law to use to demonstrate. And we need all of it. We need all of it to manifest the life we desire. It's never an either-or proposition right? This month, we're talking about the heart. All month long, we're talking about the heart. And of course, that's where everything begins. But the intellect must make sense of the feelings. It must bring thoughts and words to represent those feelings. And it must provide direction for us to move to, because that's the whole part of affirmative prayer, is the treat part, which was the affirmative prayer part, and move your feet, which means we move closer. We say, yes, we absolutely open ourselves up to the divine demonstration flowing into manifestation in our lives and around us. That's ours to do. That's ours to do. And it's never either or. It's always both end. But we're the people of both end, right? So you can understand that. Ernest Holmes said this again in that, Uh, practitioner training class of 1958, he said this, Let us identify ourselves with the son-daughtership, with that presence and with that power. For all power there is, and all presence there is, and all life that there is, is love. The living spirit almighty, And all the good that there is, is here, in this room. The only heaven we shall ever know. Behold, the kingdom of God is here. Looking long and steadfastly at the rose, we see its beauty. The turbulence of the wind and the wave We feel its strength, the softness of a raindrop on our face. We feel the caress of the infinite. And in the silence of the desert, a voice speaks. This is God, my beloved child. We are that. And that is the truth of us. We are that. We are an outpicturing of the divine life, heir to all the good in the universe. It is up to us to grow our consciousness so that we can accept the gift. Thank you so much.